Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of the For the Win podcast. I am your host, David the Dollar Douglas, and I am so pumped to be back in the studio today. Cannot wait to get into it. And here's what I want to talk about first. I want to talk about greatness. We love greatness. We strive for greatness. Now, each of us all have our own definition based on what we do, who we are, what we care about, right? So if you're a parent, you want to be great at being a parent, you don't want to be an asshole, right? You're hoping that you don't just absolutely fuck up your kid before they leave the house. Now, if they fuck up on their own, that's fine, but you want them to do well. You want to be great as a spouse, as a significant other. You're like, hey, man, uh, I want to make this person's life better. I want them to thrive. I also want to enjoy myself as well. Uh, Let's have a good time. Let's be friends, all those things. Uh, We want to have, if we're a business owner, right, we want to be great at being a business owner. We want to make more money, have more fun, uh, hire more staff, create a great work environment, whatever that looks like. Greatness is what we're looking for, and greatness is all about being significant. If you replace greatness with significance, you actually have what most people would define as great, right? Oh, that president, he's a great president, or he was a great president. What makes him great? He was significant. Oh, that athlete, they're a great athlete. What makes him great? They were significant. They made a difference in their league. They made a difference in their sport. They made a difference in their their community. They had or have significance. They have done something that is newsworthy and noteworthy. And we, we love seeing teams be great, at least for a while. That's why we love the Yankees, the Red Sox. We love watching those great teams battle it out. We like seeing the Giants win. We like seeing the Braves be successful. We like seeing the Phillies in it again. We love seeing the Dodgers winning. That's why we love it. We love seeing the Cowboys win. They're great. It's the history, the Steelers, the Packers, now the Patriots. College football, USC. Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, all great. Soccer, Manchester City, Man United, Liverpool, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Juventus. And during their dynasties, when they're really great, I mean, phenomenally dominant in their greatness and their significance in each of their respective sports and leagues. Unless you're a fan of that team, we get bored. We get tired until a terrible team, the Royals, win the series. The Cardinals are in the Super Bowl. Leicester City wins the Premier League. See, the problem is when we're in the middle of experiencing greatness from a team, from a business, we want to watch them fail. We want them to trip up. We don't want them to continue their success. We get tired. Don't want to see Clemson and Alabama in the championship game again. And it's just not true. We say that 
And when we say it, we believe that we mean it until we experience the alternative. And the alternative is crappy teams without any historicity getting blown out by great teams. It's not fun. Golden State is currently in an era of greatness. We could call this their golden era. It's when they're better than anyone else in the league, and it's not even close. They're heads and shoulders above every other team. And it's not just from a player standpoint, it's also coaching. It's pretty evident. Steve Kerr, damn good coach. Seems like their front office, yeah, it's better than every other front office. Smart guys. They're in Silicon Valley. Know what they're doing. This Golden State team is starting to do something. They're starting to be so significant. Their greatness is so pronounced. We have to have a conversation. This is the greatest team in NBA history. We've hemmed and hawed around this. We've been like, are they really? What about MJ's Bulls? Oh, that's the one that always comes up, right? That's the only other one that's really comparable. Everybody's like, well, if they played together and they played under the rules of the Bulls in the 90s, they, you know, this Golden State team would get pushed around. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you can't take a team out of an era and put them into another era. The way that we judge the greatness of a team is how dominant they are in their era, how transformative they are to the league. Now listen, triangle offense, transformative, mm, impactful. I don't think you can tell the story of the NBA without it. Did the Bulls revolutionize the way that we play basketball? Nope. What about the Celtics? You know, like the great Celtics teams. They revolutionized? Nope. No, they didn't revolutionize the way they played basketball. Were they dominant? Absolutely. So what's different about Golden State? Well, they're losing superstars like Flies. Kevin Durant's out. Boogie Cousins is out. Iggy is hurt. Not playing. I'm sure he'll be back for the finals. They're winning with Steph, Clay, and a bunch of dudes you don't know even played in the NBA. I didn't know them. I mean, the third quarter of that game, like the third quarter, the game's not done. It's Clay Thompson and four guys I didn't know. I follow the league pretty closely. I didn't know who they were. Did you know who they were? Oh, you did? Oh, okay. You're a Golden State fanboy, you fat fuck. We don't know who they are. Golden State isn't just dominant. They lose superstars, and they still play fun. Well, Dave, they have more superstars than any other team in the league history. Yeah, okay, yes, right. It speaks about their front office. They have Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Draymond's a second round guy. We forget that. He's a second round guy. 
You don't find good guys in the second round in the NBA draft. Not often. They got one. Like, they're, they're phenomenal. Oh, by the way, three-point ball? Yeah, it's all them. Steph, Clay. Yeah, they're, they're, they changed how basketball is played. You realize that, right? Well, it's the analytics guys. They're the ones that, no, no, no. Because the analytics can tell us what is ideal. It can tell us, well, if you hit X amount, if you hit this percentage of three-pointers, then it's better than hitting a two-pointer. But you actually have to go and execute that. They're able to do it. Like, they're the greatest team in NBA history because without a crazy Kyrie shot that goes down in NBA history as one of the most important, most impressive shots in a incredible crunch time moment, Golden State would be going for their fifth title in a row. And again, they're doing it without two of the best players on their team. Iggy's the other one, and he. When I say the other one, as in he's another great player who they paid a lot of money to stick around because they think he's that valuable, and he's not playing either. And yet, they swept the Trailblazers. Wasn't even close. The scoreline, scoreline didn't tell you the story. That game wasn't even close. Neither, none of them were. And whoever they face, and this is sincere, I'm, I'm betting that they're going to face the Bucks. <laughs> I love Giannis. I think he's phenomenal. I think that he's the heir apparent to the best player in the NBA. They're not going to compete with them. There's just not a chance. There's just no way. And it's not because they're not young, they're not talented, they're not driven. The Bucks are all those things. But we've never seen a force of nature like Steve Kerr, this front office, and these players. Moving on, uh, I just want to talk about this briefly. Um, you know, something that's underrated in life is consistency. Uh, you know, one of the ways that you judge a restaurant, you judge a brewery, a distillery, anything that's in the food or beverage industry, you judge them based off their consistency. If I go to a restaurant, right, and I have a fantastic filet, and then three weeks later I go back and it's mediocre, and then two weeks later I go back and it's terrible, and then three weeks later I go back and it's pretty good, but not as good as the first time. I'm not going to keep showing up to that restaurant. The chef could be talented. Chef could be worth a lot to the company, to the organization. Atmosphere could be great. Not going to keep going. If I drink that beer and it tastes really good that one time, terrible the next, not going to happen. If I drink that whiskey that one time and you had a bad batch, but you still bottled it anyways, I drink it. I'm not going to try it again. It's not worth a hundred bucks if it tastes like shit. Zeke Elliott was detained in Las Vegas going to a party. 
he knows Zeke, the ultra talented, I mean, unbelievably freakishly talented athletic running back for the Dallas Cowboys. Detained in Vegas. There's video. Teams he has it. It looks bad. Because it is bad. Zeke right now is like a sports car. It's a two-seater. It's sexy. It gets you places fast. But it's a little bit impractical at this point because it's I don't know that Zeke's going to face a suspension, but he's going to be investigated for this. And if he is suspended, let's see, he's got the domestic abuse suspension. Hmm. And then this one. Hmm. And then, oh yeah, didn't he pull down that woman's shirt at the St. Patty's parade? Hmm. Guess who looks real good? Dak Prescott. Because he's steady. And he's a good dude. And he doesn't make controversy. He shuts him down. You know what else looks good? Amari Cooper. Yeah, that guy they traded a first-round draft pick for that made Dak loads better. It's quiet. Those offensive linemen look good. They're not getting into trouble. You know, there's this problem that we that I keep seeing with the Dallas Cowboys, and it's pretty obvious that it starts at the top. Jerry's known as a party guy. Always has been. Good old boy Jerry. Now listen, I'd love to go party with Jerry. I think it'd be a hell of a time. I'm sure I'd drink some champagne I didn't know existed before. Just three bottles in the whole world. Jerry's a party man. He's a successful business guy. And guess what? He can do that. There's no one looking over his shoulder saying, mm, Jerry, Jerry, can't get too drunk here. His bodyguards would remove him. He'd be fine. He's a billionaire. He'd be all right. There's a whole host of people that are designed to keep all the players in the NFL in line. Gotta protect the shield. This is another bad look for I think is a good dude and Zeke Elliott who just doesn't realize the impact of what he's doing on a day-to-day -day basis. When I was in my early twenties, I had a similar mentality. I didn't think that what I did mattered because I was just a dude, just a kid having fun. And it took me losing my first job out of college to a uh, second job out of college rather to really realize Ah, everything that I do and say has an impact. Doesn't matter where I am on the totem pole of life. Everything I do and say has an impact. I hope that Zeke fi figures that out sooner rather than later. Because the Cowboys need it to. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the All-NBA Rookie Team came out today. And something happened today for the first time since the 84-85 season. It's worth talking about. All top five draft picks from this past draft class are in the NBA rookie first team. DeAndre Ayton, Marvin Bagley, Luka Doncic, Jaron Jackson, Trey Young. They're all there. Okay. 
like I said, that doesn't happen since 8045. Why is that important? Why is that significant? Well, that draft class had uh, the following gentlemen. Akeem Olajuwon, Sam Bowie, Michael Jordan, Sam Perkins, and Charles Barkley. Now listen, I don't know if these guys are going to be as good as that group. But that's not a bad group to be associated with. And if you look at that group, it's kind of fascinating. Uh, there's a lot that's in common. And I think this is important for a number of reasons for the NBA. One, as I've said before on this podcast, there's a good crop of young talents coming to the league right now. We shouldn't overlook it. It's a golden era for young guys that are coming in, that have talent, skill, and ability that are playing in different ways. And again, it goes back to why the Golden State Warriors are the greatest team in NBA history. These guys can shoot threes. They can play physical in the paint. They can play defense. What we're seeing is not bigger, stronger, faster athletes. We're seeing smarter athletes. We're seeing guys that have more playing time faster than other kids their age and kids before them. And I think that it's worth noting that this is the first time this has happened in 35 years. And the reason for that is this is a unique draft class. This doesn't say anything about NBA scouting. Uh, it shows you that they get it right once every 35 years. Tells you a lot about um, how we're developing players and where we're heading. Pretty excited about that. By the way, uh, if you're wondering, uh, Doncic and Young were the only two unanimous vote getters in this first team, which means that swap that Dallas made with Atlanta, we'll see who wins that uh, in the next four to five years. Moving on to my favorite part of the podcast. This is the time where we get into that pick all right so uh everyone wants to know this one uh this is a fan favorite pick uh which if you go on to our website picksforthewin.com that's picksforthewin.com uh and you become a member uh you can see that we pick a fan favorite pick most days of the week and then we also denote when the syndicate is actually betting on something so uh the syndicate is made up of myself and a number of other veteran sports bettors um and uh this is one that is a fan favorite it's not one that necessarily all of us are picking i want to say that up front because this is a tricky game uh so tonight let's talk about nba game uh milwaukee travels to toronto milwaukee leads this uh, two to one Milwaukee's favored minus three in this game. This line is tricky. It's begging people to take Milwaukee. And here's why. 
people are going to look at that Milwaukee-Toronto game three, and they're going to say, well, it's in Toronto, took two overtimes, Toronto ended up winning, but Bucks didn't have anybody on the court. Eh, mm, huh. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Milwaukee. I think they're gonna win more by than more by three points, right? This is a trap game. Let me tell you why. Uh, Toronto at home is demonstrably better than on the road, playoffs or regular season. Uh, this Milwaukee team uh, has had some issues on the road throughout the regular season and in the playoffs. This is not an easy environment for them to play in. And let's be honest about this. That was a heartbreaking loss. I like Milwaukee to win this game by a very slim margin. So I'm going to actually pick Toronto in this game. Uh, Milwaukee will still win it 121 to 120, but I take Toronto here. I just think this is going to be too close, and I wouldn't be shocked if Toronto wins. All right. Well, this has been another episode of the For the Win podcast. I am your host, David the Dollar Douglas. Until next week, I hope your wallet's a little bit fatter. Catch ya.